You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. That's the pause where we say, hi, Dakota. Hey, guys. All right. Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. So today we have two guests with us. On my left, we'll introduce the guy on the left first, because since he's the returning guest, it's Chase Payton. What up? How are we doing, Chase? Pretty good. Glad to be here. Oh. You're wearing camo instead of uh, instead of plaid. I wore plaid today just to just to blend in, because you gave me hell last time. I'm and, a floating uh, head. That's all. We can barely see you over there. <laughs> barely see you over there. The laughter you hear is coming from the right side of me. On the left side of your screen, if you're watching on the YouTube or the Facebook Live, it's Chad Malicote. Chad is uh, a friend of mine. We served on the Memorial Park Board together. He's the uh, Grand Poobah of the Henry County Republican Club, and I guess, uh, I don't know. you have any other cool cool titles, Chad? I don't know. It seems like I get piled on new stuff all the time, but <laughs> I'll take those for now. Well, we're glad, uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, Dakota's just wandering off on me, so I'm just going to try to hold on to the show all by myself. Uh, he's probably checking on his puppy, Chase. Probably. The... Uh, we 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 had there this is a two episode show this week or two shows this week so tuesday was uh was the last quiet moment in my life before uh, before puppy adoption happened and uh we picked up puppies wednesday night and uh today uh today was the reckoning i uh i so far it's actually gone better than i expected it's like having an infant in the house we have to just he has to go out and pee or do whatever every you know 2 hours or so but been really good no mistakes no uh, no disasters yet so all in all i guess it's been all right oh those are coming yeah i know, those are coming. <laughs> yeah. I know. dakota's got all these heart these solid surface floors around his, his house and i've got carpet and i just know oh i know the day Invest is coming in a good carpet yeah, it's, cleaner it's, it's yes. kind of funny because the uh the our puppy is afraid of the hardwood floors really so yeah he doesn't he hates standing on the hardwood floor so he'll he will like stand on the carpet because he knows that he'll slide around if he gets on it right he's already learned that and he will hop from the carpet to the uh little linoleum piece i have underneath the fireplace and then he will hop to the uh floor into the kitchen <laughs> there you go to the hardwood already knows yeah my uh mine hasn't had a problem with that that's been that's been good Dakota has nothing. He's pointing to his ears. Is it plugged in? He looks look like you don't have I a cord it, in there. No, it's plugged Did in. Did I unplug you? I'm good. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to know. No, I just don't think that I'm loud enough on the microphone. I can, I can hear you. I think oh, you're loud okay. enough there. Maybe it's just you're, my headphones. You're okay. Right. If I you feel worried, good, I feel good. I was worried about Jeremiah. You were really nervous last time I saw you about the dog. I, well, I'm nervous about a lot of things nowadays. <laughs> Wedding planning, uh, dog, dog, my new dog life. But it's going all right. We got it set up, and I think it's going to be fun. Be better when Sarah gets here. I feel like a single parent right now, Chase. 
So, uh, Chad, you, you've just recently gone through puppy stage again yourself, right? Yep. We uh, got one about uh, January, middle of January, about a 10-year-old uh, hound mix, and it's been an interesting year. But oh, she's it. almost out of that phase. 10-month-old or 10-year-old? Uh, no, one. she was one okay. 10 weeks old All right. when we got her back in uh, January. So Yeah. Yeah. So we've hit that year. She's smoothing out. I told tearing stuff up. I'm liking it. <laughs> I told everybody that this this show was going to be a politics, but really it's just support group for me with the new dog. I like so it. So thank you for thanks for coaching me through this, Chad. So who's going to do the Bob Barker line? Have your pets spayed ha- have and them spayed or neutered? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> please have your pets spayed and neutered. By the way, I uh, I found out the Bark Park. I don't. Are you remember the Bark Park yet here in town? No, I have a yard for that. Well, you know, it's a place to socialize, and I can walk them around Baker Park whenever I need to. The uh, the Bark Park is uh, fifty dollars a year if you live out in the county like Chad and I do, but if you live in the city, it's only forty five dollars a year. Wow. Really, Ooh. I get a five dollar discount. You do. It's run by the animal shelter, so I learned that one today. Each additional dog is ten dollars, and they have to have all their shots, and you can't have a uh, intact male or female. How big? That's the, the it, how fine, big is the dog point. park here? The bark park. It looked like it was two separate pens, so you could have dogs that know each other running together, or you can kind of have some privacy too. Okay. I don't know. It looked decent. I, we may, we may join up there as long as Darren Jacobs doesn't prohibit it somehow. We have Jer- a, Darren just joined in, so we'll pick on him. Yeah, we have one down at uh, down in Brookville where we stay, and it is. Let's see. Um, it's a really big fenced off area for the dogs to run and we call it the, it's called the poop park down there, not the bark park, the, the poop <laughs> park. And it's kind of funny because like other dogs, you know, you take them on a walk, you carry your little poop bag with them and they'll poop on the walk. Daisy, we've, we've trained her to walk really well. So I think that she's got it in her head that like walking is like real serious business, right? So walking is f- for walking and walking only. So she won't stop to poop or pee or smell or anything whenever she's walking. She's got a mission. Yeah, she's uh, (laughs) focused with the blinders on. So you have to take her to the poop park to get her to to poop and pee, which is kind of inconvenient because it's across the street. Because it's a hike. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take the golf cart there. You have to drive half a mile with your dog to (laughs) go to the bathroom. Uh, So uh, what do you guys name your dogs? Uh, I think, as of this moment, this is not official, I think we're at Garth. Um, I was kind of pulling for Fritz, but Audrey and Dakota made a decision that, uh, that affected my dog's name. So, uh, you can make your big announcement, Dakota. And then I think we'll have a, how did it affect your dog? Because Hank is a country music name. Oh, and that meant that we were going to have to go with Garth because it was a finalist anyway. And then, and then Sarah said, I think we're going to name it Garth. I really don't like the name Fritz. Uh, you know, it was a family name. Was it really? Yeah. My grandfather called member named Fritz. No, my grandfather called everything. He didn't like Fritz. He didn't like, yeah. <laughs> so like, you don't like the dog, is that what you're saying? It'll be all right. We're going to have fun. Okay. We're gonna yeah, have fun. My, my dog's name is Hank. I, I'm really excited to teach uh, teach my dog all the songs from the Garth Brooks collection. That sounds good. Friends in Low Places and That Summer and, you know. That Summer. Yeah, oh, all, all the good songs. Yep. So, all right. is Hank the Tank because he's the chunky one. He is, uh, he's a little thick. Yeah, he is. You've got the, you've already got an obese puppy. He's yep. seven weeks old. <laughs> He's in the 95th percentile. All right. I hear I hear puppy talk going on downstairs. Yep. You've got a you got a house full of women here, and we're trying to do a podcast upstairs. Yep. I can hear her yelling downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a mess. All right. So let's enough messing around with that stuff. Chad, you're uh, you've got all kinds of hats you wear. We we in the uh, introduction we mentioned that you uh, you're involved with the GOP club. Yep. And we've seen an awful lot of your people here lately. 
coming through town. We've done this series on a con- six congressional district campaigns, and there's a lot of Republicans running for an open seat. It doesn't happen very much over here, and every time you run, you get a pretty good uh, – it seems like a good jumping-off point to, to hire things in, uh, in Indiana. You got it a vice well president for, that came out of there and exactly. a guy that was almost governor of Indiana and uh, David McIntosh. And then uh, the next guy, there's a good chance he's going to be senator. So yep. what uh, what's it been like being the, uh, the GOP club? You organize these sorts of events where these people come in and they want to get to know Chad Malico. So I guess we do now, too. Well, so we, we have a club meeting every month, normally the first Thursday of the month at our headquarters up on Broad Street. I can't believe you counter program <clears throat> the Boss Hog Liberty I like know. that. I'm sorry. Same, same time different bat channel so <laughs> so no but so we bring in a lot of the same folks that you guys have too and it's been a very interesting race i mean we've seen several people jump in to run for this uh, sixth district and then several people considering it that have changed their mind i think you've had a few of those too yep so, absolutely um as then, uh, as jonathan lamb said there's a 900 pound gorilla in the race and there some, some some want to wrestle it and some just want to move on exactly so it should be it should prove to be a very interesting race i mean i think uh We've got a lot of great candidates, um, you know, that 900-pound gorilla included. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays in, uh, you know, with, uh, with the, the Trump slogan of drain in the swamp and then somewhat yep. of a connection there. It, it's it's going to be yeah, interesting we, dynamic. We seem but. to keep hearing that. It's like, a, it's like a, some repetitive uh, slogan that we keep hearing in this 6th uh, Congressional District is um, conservative outsider. I think we've had – Two people just on this show that have called themselves a conservative outsider, right? I think that's uh, yeah, yeah. So far, except one of them actually took a trip to Washington D.C. So I think one of them is more outside than what the other one is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I missed. They had a big uh, uh, talk last night over in Greenfield. Yep, uh, we had the commissioners meeting here locally, so I couldn't attend. But I heard that was pretty interesting, and well, getting all three of them in the room because Mike was there. I don't know. If you don't think you've had Mike on your show? No, not yet. Nope. We uh, we're going to try to reschedule something. Uh, he had uh, he had a death in the family the the day we had him booked, so we had to make an adjustment. And then uh, he's getting ready to go into the session. Uh, so as a state senator, this is going to be the busy time. So we're going to try to work something out, and uh, we'll get Mike on at some point. I'm sure we'll, yeah. we'll make that right for the the listeners. So it's going to be interesting next year. But of course, we've got a lot of races locally that are coming up. I mean, a lot of the county offices that are currently held by. Republicans are going to be up for election next year. So, yep. um, you're going to you're have people starting to file here in January, right? They can start filing. So you've got just a few more weeks, and we'll see the uh, the daggers come out inside the inside the Republican Party too now in May. <laughs> well, I, I know we're going to have a couple new faces that have already announced that they are going to run. Um, both very experienced and and currently at office. Uh, Bill Upchurch is going to run for treasurer. Okay, because Gene is retiring. He's okay. going to give it up and retire, and then uh, uh, Jenny is uh, currently works in the clerk's office. Um, is going Jenny Grubbs is going to run for the clerks. She's been there for years and it, very experienced. What Jeremiah was just talking about with uh, whenever we, he he said we're going to see the daggers start flying. We've talked about it a couple times. How here in uh, we talk about how Newcastle typically because of like uh, the old. Uh, like the Chrysler, the old Union Democrats still have a really strong foothold here in Newcastle as the city. But Henry County, speaking about those politics, when you actually get out into the county, it's dominated mainly by Republicans. Yeah, and it uh, it seems to be like there's two wings of the Republican Party. Like they they always typically campaign against each other because that like it's just it's not that they are 
radically different. You know, you don't have radical differences, but you have people you have, that... You have the big government Republicans and the bigger government Republicans. I think well, <laughs> now wait a minute. You have those established. We've got, we've got several folks, well, the Democrats do too, that have been in office for a long time. Right, yeah. That's, and you've got those... That's I, I know those daggers very well. I ran for office a couple of years ago, and... The new guy, and you know, it's it's a tough game to get into when yeah, you're think, competing against people that have been there for twenty plus years. Yeah, listening to to Clay Morgan talk. See, because I, I don't, if you're not someone who who keeps up on this stuff, then you're not going to know that, right? You're yeah. not going to know that fact. And I think that it was cl- talking to Clay Morgan on the show that really actually like made me learn about it. Like, so Clay, he's the Republican, but he's still on the outside with a lot of the Republicans, you know, like it's, it's a totally different dynamic because I think that we see that because there's not a strong other party it within the, uh, yeah. the he, outreaches of the, even county. though he's been elected twice, he's still the new guy, right? You yeah. know, he's still the new guy and probably will be for Takes at least 12 or 16 yeah, years. I was going to say for at least not, three more elections. You're not the rookie, right? <laughs> I mean, when you look, I mean, you look at the Democrat side on the council, you know, cause that's, uh, about the, the only seats they hold. I ran against yeah. uh, Mr. Uh, Booslog or Bouslog in uh, in the last cycle, and yeah. he had, he served since 1978. Yes, Jimmy been, Carter's term. It's, he's uh, been on it, there, and then Robin is not far behind him. Yep. Robin Fleming's been on there for quite a long time. So <clears throat> it's uh, we have quite an establishment on both sides of the political spectrum in Henry right. County, and uh, I think that's something that's that you know I think it's it needs to change. I'm a term limits guy. I am a term limits guy. I think we we don't need the establishment there forever. Um, I mean, and the thing that's it's absolutely comical to me is every office except the decision makers is a term limit. Right. Every yeah. other office in the state, in the county, on all the of federal the level. constitutional offices are you know are are term limited. Yes. The uh, the the sheriff, the clerk, the treasurer, all of those you can serve two yeah. terms, and you have to take a cycle out. Yep. But uh, you can be a council person or a commissioner or a uh, a congressman for until, until you quit sucking air, right? Yeah. Yep. So and I, we've I have gone back and forth with this personally with uh, talking about term limits real quick. I've gone back and forth with it um, between being in favor of term limits and then also I wasn't in favor of term limits for some time because I always thought, you know, we as the voters are supposed to be the term limits, and I mean. You know, that's really how it's set up. You know, we're we're the ones that are supposed to say, yeah, this this guy like takes uh, Rand Paul, for example. Rand Paul is doing a great job. Why would I ever want him to have to come out of office? Right. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that coin, you know, you just don't. People don't think about it that way. Well, they you think, can, they you, vote along the party lines. Too. You'll sacrifice. So you'll sacrifice tickets. a Rand Paul to get rid of a John Conyers that's been there since since JFK. Yeah. Just right. because people, you need to have motion and people changing and, and new ideas coming in, or yes. else you end up running a county like it's still 1976. Well, but like you mentioned earlier too, you've got a lot of these straight ticket folks, these, yep. these Union Democrats, these county Republicans, and they vote straight tickets. Which I mean. All of the parties love those straight ticket voters, but it yeah. also makes it a lot turner, harder to turn and get new people in. Right, um, absolutely. Because, uh, and, and unfortunately, and I stress this to everybody I talk to, you know, those local, those local races are extremely important. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to watch the, the presidential race. It's, it's exciting. It's all over the place. We get blasted on every news media in the world. But then you've got the local races where you only need four people to drastically change your taxes. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and you don't need that. That's what you know. Nobody, nobody thinks about the, 
your city council, your uh, city clerk, you don't you don't think about the school board. You know, nobody thinks about those types of things, but these are the people who have a real strong impact on your day-to-day lives. And it was either ev- county no. or the city of Bloomington. Either Monroe County or Bloomington last night passed a 1% food and beverage tax. They just raised their taxes by a one-vote margin last night. Yeah. It and, only uh, takes four people. And, yeah. and it's hard. People don't believe you, but it is. It takes four people. It takes hundreds to do it on the state and national level, but it takes four people here locally. We had This county has raised taxes four times in the last 18 months. And wow. They've had more than four people vote yes, but they've raised taxes four times in the last 18 months, and that's not counting some other ones that could have almost been included that were close. So the uh, the GOP club, you are you're the, the the president of that, I guess, and you said you're almost, you're almost days. term limited on yes, that. I, I again, we've got term limits in that. What, we can only hold two terms. What's so. the difference in a, a GOP like a GOP club or a, versus the Republican Party? What's the help help people that don't know the difference? What what do they mean? The GOP club is a support arm for the party. We are the door knockers, the phone callers. We also have hold some uh, events to raise funds for local um, candidates. So we help the local candidates. We also bring in uh, a lot of folks to have meetings and, and educate the local. We've had the state party chairs. We've we had you know at the time candidate Holcomb here. Um, so we bring in a lot of interest. But we also get into local. We've had you know the downtown revitalization group has come in and spoke. We've had Corey Murphy from the EDC to come in and speak. So we try to educate folks on local events. But so we're an educational tool as well as a support arm for the party. Um, the party still oversees all of the state functions, the you know, the county wide functions and all those but getting right. on ballots and all of those yes, sorts of things. But you're a booster organization essentially. Yeah, that's a good we're a booster organization. Okay. okay. So as the president of that booster organization, do the you know do you, when you have these guys coming through town like, you know, the Senate candidates, are they asking for Chad Malicote's uh, endorsement like they would a county chairman's endorsement? Are you have Absolutely. you signed up? Are you on any teams yet? <laughs> As they all take pictures with me like it means anything, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> No, I mean and I try to stay very neutral. So what uh, do, what does it take to be elected to the the GOP club president? Like you have to be a member of the club, and then they membership makes a nomination and votes to have okay. be elected. So it's so, all within the membership. Yeah, it's all within the membership of the club. We, of the we, club itself, not yeah. the Republican Party. No, it's not okay. the party. I mean, you, you we do work with the party very closely. The current chair, Todd Hyde, we work very closely with him, and he and I talk quite frequently. Okay, but no, it's it's all done through the party. Um, we. Do charge them small little dues, like fifteen dollar dues, to join the club. Well, okay, I mean libertarians. Libertarians. Libertarians charge you twenty five to join the Libertarian Party. You well, guys, yeah. you're awful, awful cheap there, Chad. Uh, I guess we're. we're <laughs> I mean, he's, he's taking well, some of our voters. You can chair. Get a family membership. So, yeah. you know, we, ah. we have to be competitive. <laughs> this is just individual. Man. I was undecided oh. until now. That's true. <laughs> yeah, man. If ten dollars cheaper, I, I probably have a card out in my truck. <laughs> 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 he, he's got a Boss Hog Liberty sticker now. Like he, That's he, okay. We've got him you know, hammered down. You know, we, we and at the end of the day, it's pretty. There's the my Republican Party and the Libertarians are very similar in a lot of areas. Where you know the establishment folks, you know. The rhino types would yep. not say the same. <laughs> they but. always say somebody else is a rhino. You notice that? Oh yeah, somebody they, else is always the rhino. Hey, yep. well, 
Just like there's two conservative outsiders. I doubt there are too many people <laughs> who would call, my, call me a rhino. I, <laughs> I know. So, I just like no, you're but, here, so we're going to pick on you. That's, that's all. great. I love it. But no, so it, the club is very interesting. It's it's a lot of fun. We do, of course, we do the Christmas parties, the cookouts, that kind of stuff. Everybody, I'm sure you guys have probably seen or came to the the. We sell our brats on the courthouse square. You know, yep. we get about yep. 400 people there. I mean, it. So we, we so get around and we Do you we have to pay to, the county for that privilege to be on the courthouse square? How's that work? Uh, no. It's public space, so it's you're just like, space, you won't get run off. So, well, that's, you know, it's public space. We don't get run off. And actually, most of those decision makers help us set the tents and stuff up. So <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it's good to be in the group. <laughs> who, uh, who, who's your replacement? Who's the new have, the incoming president? It's an open election held in January. Oh, you so you so, think you're done. Well, I am done by term limits. So and unless they honestly, unless they amend the rules on the floor to keep you, they could. I mean, they could do that, but um, I'm I'm going to. I'm endorsing that right now, okay. Chad for life. Well, I'm hoping to uh, move on to help some candidates next year, especially those new ones I was talking about. And to do that, to be the club president, you really have to stay kind of neutral in a um, primary elections. Are you filing for anything? Not as of now. Not as of this moment. <laughs> Still lots so, of time. Uh, so you know? Mike Broyles. Um, he he asked on our uh, live stream about windmills at Memorial Park, and the reason <laughs> he would be asking about that is because you were recently appointed the park board president, correct? Yep, I'm park board president emeritus now, and Chad is the uh, he's got the he's got the official hat now. He's passed the baton. He's got it. You know, I say we put windmills up at Memorial Park. We put a hydroelectric generating station there in the little tiny pond. Uh, you know, just hey. bulldoze the golf course, put the generating station there. We don't I have a golf course anymore. That uh, That's private property. Oh, it is now. Yeah, that's not ours. What a shame. We can't even do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that South 90 is not the parks really on paper, so uh, that would be about the only place for windmills. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not sure we got the well, space. Well, you know what? You just, <laughs> with all the political power. Although, I would love to have all those funds that I hear supposedly come from. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that might help the parks all the, budget. Uh, you know, all the... Yeah, all the uh, political power you have, you can get that residency abatement you just knocked down. Like, just get rid of that. Put the windmills up so close to where they're just barely missing each other when they turn. Right? <laughs> just just barely. As long just as they're barely. turning. I think that would go over really smoothly with the citizens of the county. I'd have to see the financials before I could get behind <laughs> it. <laughs> Chad is – I will say after after working with Chad on the uh, on the board – uh, he's definitely the most financially astute of the group, and and understands the numbers and and what what the what the park is facing and what the county's facing from your run at uh, at county council. You definitely had dug in and were were up to speed. So when you jumped onto the park board in this last year or two, you were you were ready. You were ready to start at the, right from the beginning. It's a confusing nightmare to put it lightly. I mean, it's the, the park's budget is submitted but then it's completely controlled by the state right so and we have uh, this is a county park and it, it's a county park board it's a county park for one park yes for right? one park so you'll hear you know you look at stuff in the newspaper if you follow our local newspaper there's people they use the term park board all the time and it's half the time they're talking about memorial park board and half the time they're talking about the newcastle city parks or they're talking about something else um so your budget process is set up where you, the park board asks for a certain amount of mm-hmm. they project a year and then it gets submitted to the state, like you said. Yeah, it gets submitted to the council first to review. And then from the council, the council submits it to the state. And then once it comes back, we'll see what happens. I mean, the Umball report that was done here a while back. About the, two years about ago now. Two, year, year and a half, two years ago. 
um, shows that we're going to drastically be cut over the next few years. Um, we've been very fortunate that the commissioners have stepped in and taken over some of our some bills. of the obligations, some so insurance to, to cushion, and, and other yeah, things to cushion some of those uh, cuts that they've done for us. Um, they've they've been very helpful in picking that up because, you know, as someone who travels frequently, uh, people don't understand because they've lived here forever how fortunate we are to have a park to this caliber. Even though the buildings are starting to get run yep. down, the ponds need drained. I mean, most counties, if they have a park, it's it's nothing more than a courthouse square yeah, type a, thing. A county park of that size is unheard of, especially in, around here. You know, in Indiana. Like it's if you go to to tourist places, you know places that attract a lot of tourism, like like Florida, like uh, the Keys, or in Hawaii where we were, a county like that, a county can afford to have that type of a park because it attracts a bunch of tourists every year. People go on vacation, and they might just be driving by, but they'll stop and look at a museum. They'll stop and look at you know something. And they get a lot of revenue from that. It's not all taxpayer funded and i think that's what a lot of people are missing whenever we talk about the finances of memorial park board uh or the memorial park because it's it is pretty much just basically just taxpayer funded like it's yeah i mean you don't we have operate, a lot of fundraising opportunities here well and we can't right by law we can't fundraise we can't take in funds that's why this new organization the friends of the park was formed so they can uh, fundraise and help support the park on the back end, but because the park is a government entity, we can't. I can't solicit it, a it, donation from anyone. If somebody, right. if somebody rents from the park or buys firewood or uses a shelter, those or you've got when trees were sold a few years ago, that money goes into the park, and then certain value, certain amounts are able to be spent, and certain go back into the general fund. And well, it actually all goes back to the general fund. It just imagine matters how much the commissioner or the uh, council is able to reappropriate to back give to back to us. Okay. Uh, that's the thing. So it's yeah, we could, uh, but people can do direct donations. We've had several of those. Uh, folks who've wanted to build shelters, that's why the shelters are named after people. Some of them paid to have those built. Okay. We've had different uh, gazebos and things like that that families have donated in memory of a loved one who passed or what have you. And So we've had that kind of stuff. Or people in the past have paid for different things. So, yeah, we can take direct donation, but to go out and fundraise and solicit, that's not something we can do. But, you know, we run a park, 300-plus acres, depending on how many you really count because the park also includes the soccer fields the baseball diamonds the park maintains all that all we even mow around the areas that are currently being farmed out by leased out by farmers those grassy areas have to be mowed by the park so there's there's a lot more that the park staff does than you just see in the actual park right yeah the, there's a lot i mean it's a huge place I'm, it, yeah. it's just you drive through Memorial Park. If you just take like a, a little stroll through there, you don't really you don't really think about the expanse of it, all the ground that it covers. It it's it's quite large. Whenever it is. you so dig into it, there are two or three key like signature items inside of the park or signature areas. Um, you have a shelter house that mm-hmm. it's I, I know is on the on the agenda to be to up, have upgrades and trying to make some improvements there. Uh, there's the W.G. Smith building, uh, which is set for some uh, improvements based on uh, some uh, food and beverage money that was that was set up for the county and uh, and the sale of the golf course. And then there's a, a very special monument as well. Uh, so I guess I want to get into all three of those and talk about the upgrades and what's going on now because it's been a 
uh, an interesting process here in the last year. You've been working with the Hope Initiative and uh, developing a plan for ways to not to save the park, but to make improvements going into the next next hundred years. We're coming up on the hundred year anniversary of Memorial Park now. Yeah, back at the first of the year, we were actually put everything on hold. When you were on the board, we we had started a process with an outside company, Steel Core, to project to manage a project to completely re- retrofit and, and upgrade the Smith Building. That all got put in hold by the commissioners with some concerns and some different things. Uh, the council, even prior to that, had put in this uh, a bond to raise some funds for us on top of that. So what ended up happening out of the HOPE initiative um, process study it was that the uh, park will take over for the Smith Building and all that. The 4-H folks, uh, we they're separated into a new project that they are starting, which I know you're very well versed on. Um, and that's actually where the bond ended up going was to the 4-H um, with uh, the new, vote that was done back in June. New 4-H Expo Center is yeah. going to be located uh, just to the west of the Henry County Saddle Club inside of the, inside of the park footprint. Yes. So um, we uh, so we've started the process now. Um, I'll start with the the big shelter house. It's a gorgeous facility. I'm, most people have been there at some point in their life. It's been there forever. It's been there for decades. They used to hold school dances and everything in there, uh, but it has no HVAC, no insulation, no anything. So our real goal is to make that a year round building. So that's going to be the main goal. It does have some issues now with some wood boring beetles. That must be addressed. <laughs> Unfortunately, with the weather, we can't dress that until the spring. Are they napping right now? They're I, they're too cold to come out I and go after. I think it's because of what you have to spray has to be at a certain temperature, kind of thing. I feel like you could sneak up on them right now, Chad. I think you probably could. I mean, maybe those dogs. Maybe <laughs> yeah, you could bring all, your dogs out, and you guys could hunt them down <laughs> for us. <laughs> they're all taking naps right now. It'd be yeah. easy. So, but no, that's our real push is to get that building, get the get it locked down, tightened up a little bit, new doors, things like that, and then put HVAC in there. So people can have their Christmas parties, can have weddings in the middle of summer without being drenched from sweating. I would have loved to have had my wedding out there, but you, uh, there's still prohibition against alcohol out there, and I don't want to get in trouble. So we're going well, to do it somewhere else, but lost out on the big moral wedding of 29 to 2018. You know, we we might have made a variance just for you. Uh, just, we, you, know, you I don't you want. I don't want too much special You could have come treatment. to the board and talked to us. <laughs> you know, that's something that probably you, will be addressed at I some mean, point. Jeremiah, you still got like seven months. Yeah, you can you can just wait on a venue and have Chad change your rules for you. And I I do bet you that the venue we have is very reasonable compared to most. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Fifty dollars a day—that's hard to beat. It's, it's probably pretty, not pretty as solid. cheap as his brother's house, though. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going to have to pay in other ways. Uh. Yeah, it's probably going to be way cheaper. (laughs) So with the Smith building, um, you know, that building has been everything. And a lot of people don't realize that building was actually the highway department at one point. Really? That's what it used to be. I had no idea. Was the highway. That's why if you go in, you stay on that the the second floor, you'll see the archway door looking things. It was garage doors. Yeah, you can so that still was the see highway the, department. The leftover big bays that are there. You know that used to, that was a four H facility. I mean, they used to hold the shows right there in the building in those floors and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's it's been around a long time. Um, unfortunately, it's just gotten really run down the electrical the hvac the lighting there's lots of things that need to be addressed it's not crumbling it's not falling apart but it is just getting run down it it's needs aging. to be fixed we we fixed the roof you know we had a tarp on the roof for only three and a half years 
before we finally got <laughs> well, the... Honestly, we went through a few tarps. I was going to say, there was more than one tarp. That's Not just true. one tarp on the There was a few tarps that we went through. And, and so we finally got that. But the way we got the money for this is uh, food and beverage money. The county, Jeremiah was actually on the board at the time I wasn't on yet. They went after the money from food and beverage and we were awarded um, 400 and... 20 some thousand, give or take. It's below $400,000 with a matching grant of a hundred plus that we had to have 20% match that we got from the uh, proceeds sell of the golf course course monies. So there was about a half a million dollars there. We've used some of it to fix different projects throughout the park, but there's still about $400,000, give or take there um, that we've got to utilize to do the the rehab of the park. Um, there's also some funds that we received from the park board at the meeting back in June 19th, the council and the uh, commissioners both agreed for the park to retain that sale of the golf course money. Cause that's what was in the original contract. Uh, when the Neils purchased that facility there, when Randy purchased that, it was all to go to the park to maintain the park. Okay. So that's, there's about give or take 400 plus thousand left in that as well. Interesting. So and Chase, you, uh, you you've lived in Henry County your whole life. Yes. Do you go to the park at all? What do you what do you use? What what? Tell me about your experiences out there. Well, I went to the park a lot in school. You know, just hanging out with friends. It would give us something to do. Um, I haven't been there a lot recently, um, but just to hang out, you know, walk around, um, stuff like that. I've never um, the Smith Building. That's the the building right by the the big building right in the middle, right, right on one hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. I I didn't know there were tarps on it. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> Not anymore. There's a roof on it. No, there. we got a brand new roof. It's nice. Cool. It's great. I might have to walk by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you I can go in it. And not I get used wet. to feed the ducks. Yeah. There's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a new building proposed, right? Is that, that the 4-H facility, or yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, that's a what's the uh, what's the timeline looking looking like for that? The uh, the goal on that is for them to start construction next year. Uh, there's a, a fundraising process that's underway. That that group is not going to be county controlled. It's going to be its own 501c3. Okay. Uh, so that's not Chad's group necessarily. That's the uh, the 4-H Expo Center board that's uh, that's just now been formed, and they're they're working on their 501c3 and developing. We're just their fundraising. supportive of each other. That's our yeah. role. Our role is not any direct uh, oversight or anything. We support. We it's did offer be... our vote on that. Uh, that monies that was from the bond, which was about $1.2 million. The board voted unanimously back when Jeremiah was on there to, to gift that over to them without any problems. So. That uh, that group is uh, is going to be a lot like the Saddle Club in their organization, where they're an independent 501c3 that, that peacefully exists in, within the confines of the park. Uh, but doesn't uh, they don't report to each other necessarily. No. They just the goal is just to be good neighbors. So going back to the Smith Building, mm-hmm. you've upstairs you're, you're renovating, and then downstairs and outside the the current plan, as I understand it, is to convert the basement into uh, a, the, the whole park is a memorial park. It's going to yeah. be an interactive memorial or museum with displays set up and something to honor veterans. Because right now, when you go into the Smith Building, that there's a small tr- uh, case that has the USS Hyman and, and some other tro- uh, trophies or memorabilia. Yeah, there's but some memorabilia It's basically there, to expand that into the basement. It's very minimal. We're going to take the entire bottom floor. Um, there are currently, we haven't settled on exactly who's going to oversee the, the, the museum portion of it, but it'll be an independent organization that will take care of that, but we'll provide the space for them. They, they are telling me that 
they've gotten offers of all kinds of amazing. I mean, someone offered their father's World War One uniforms and different memorabilia like that. There's all kinds of we've had artists that have come forward and willing to paint and, and spend time. And, and it will be a really interesting place. It's a memorial park. Um, a lot of people just say that and don't even know what it means. Um, we have a, quite a number of monuments all over the park for just about every campaign that, that this country's been in, starting with the Doughboy from World War One. we have at the park. So we, uh, we have a, it's a, it's a really interesting way to just walk around and take in a lot of history. And then we're going to bring this museum to really focal point right in the middle of the park at the Smith building to yeah. offer yeah, some of, awesome. the, some of those things really we can't cool. put outside, like, you know, a the, uniform. Uh, uniform. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll have that. Um, obviously the Doughboy has been a hot topic right now. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Doughboy is the shorthand. It's the uh, spirit of the American Doughboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, it's a. It's supposed to represent what World War One soldiers were called. Right. Yeah. Doughboys. The, yeah. The Doughboy statue is is a nationwide type monument. Like there were there were a bunch of these made. They were mass produced uh, in the nineteen twenties and the nineteen thirties to mm-hmm. uh, memorialize uh, World War One veterans, um, because America was just coming out of that conflict. Right. It, well. We'd been out of it for a little while, but we were still memorializing the veterans. You know, just like we. We always do with with veterans of wars that we're involved in. Um, so Newcastle or Henry County, Indiana, got the Doughboy statue. It was in 1925, correct? 29, so, I believe. So 29. 88 years. It's been on the site for for, for 88 years. It may may have been 25 when they knew they were getting one. That's okay. very possible. It was, a, it was dedicated and put in there in Memorial Park, and they went kind of traditional. A lot of them were placed in woods on mounds or on boulders on things uh i think that i read today that the smithsonian said that there was 159 of them placed in counties across the united states but uh well there was over a thousand when they were originally commissioned um okay surviving are i think the numbers that it's hard to get an exact number but surviving still displayed is just 120 ish right kind of there's uh, another one in Indiana down in Owen County on the ca- courthouse is. square. I've seen that one with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that I think that Monticello, Kentucky maybe has one. I think so. Uh, and then there are some other more Chicago, famous ones. Chicago, Illinois. Chicago. There, there was one, one in, Lincoln in Lincoln Park, Park. that's gone now. Yeah, uh, but that cool. was, uh, as we've read le- recently, I guess the one in Henry County was kind of modeled after that one. But yeah. I looked for it. I was in, I was in Lincoln Park uh, pretty recently and looked around, and it's not there anymore. It's been gone no, since the 40s. Yeah, it's been gone a long time. Yeah. So the Doughboy, yeah. the original plan after was to re- refurbish him, which is exactly what's happening now. He is in. He is currently up in Michigan. He is being completely refurbished. He he's been through quite a bit in eighty eight years. He's been through a lot of weather. He's been through a lot of idiot kids who vandalize him <laughs> and steal <laughs> things and break things off and and do those things. So we've had a lot of different things like that that have happened over the years. Uh, the rifle was taken for several decades before it was recovered uh, and then it was not recovered with the Wait, bayonet. what happened to the rifle someone sold it off and took Kept it, home. it as a souvenir really i didn't know yeah. that i don't know well, how did they get it back i don't know the exact story to be honest with you i think it was a it finally got somebody finally grew up <laughs> it reappeared myster- mysteriously after 20 plus years uh, wow i don't know so. if it's true or not but i heard it was hanging by a wire or something i don't know 
I think it was on a post. It on was on a, a concrete slab, and then there's a post that comes up through the feet. Is a oh, you mean the statue the itself design. or the rifle? The rifle. The rifle was actually uh, our park superintendent Lori Davis had it reattached okay. a few years ago um, because it did not get back on the statue until a few years ago, and so she had it reattached, and okay. it it was actually uh, welded to it, soldered to it, so it was on there permanently, mm-hmm. but. Can't get it was still not a wire now, Chase. Ah. Yeah, it wasn't just some chicken wire out there that wrapped around it. But no, so but right now he's up in Michigan. He's going to be completely refurbished and come back looking phenomenal. Yep. So, so the, what I what I have here, I pulled this from just a Wikipedia article. This little you can see on your show notes, the little um, paragraph in italics, and it talking about the uh, the spirit of the American doughboy. It says it was installed in cemeteries, town squares, parks. Outside museums, on courthouse lawns, and countless other places, the, de- the design is said to be the most viewed example of outdoor statutory in the U.S. after the Statue of Liberty. Like, it's a big a big thing, you know, well, this doughboy is. I most guess people sh- don't even know. Like, ex- and, you know, that brings up a good point because with all the stuff that's come up about this, I've been asking a lot of people. For those who don't know what we're talking about, it's This would be a good one to ask Chase. Chase, where's <laughs> the doughboy? I see. I did not know where the doughboy was, and I even had to look it up. I googled it once I knew we were going to talk about it. So I googled it. I wasn't sure what it looked like exactly. So I, I like when I heard dough, I started thinking donuts, and I got hungry. I'm yeah. still a little well, hungry. Thinking Pillsbury. There is a Pillsbury right? doughboy <laughs> picture out there. But right no, now. I, I I didn't know where it was located at all. Yeah. So no, he is located on three. Okay. At the very far north end of the park, very close to the maintenance building and the superintendent's home. So he's in that very far. He sits up on the hill. Um, the Pokemon people call that Mosquito Hill, by the way, in the, inside the Pokemon group, because there's a lot. There's a mosquito problem there in the woods. There too. is a mosquito <laughs> problem in that part of the woods. And those guys know that you have to hike to it. It is not. Uh, it's not right next door. No, there's. It, it is. It is quite a hike to get to it from anywhere. And, and the so, uh, the people that are. Well, I guess we haven't really gotten into the plan for it yet, have we? Yeah. Well, that's where I was going. The plan was at the time because it is so inaccessible right now where it's at there's no way to get any kind of a field trip there because it would never meet any ada compliance there's just no way so we we at the time when jeremiah was on the board it was brought to us a plan to relocate the the monument to the front of the smith building where the where the museum was going to be and create what they're calling a flag pavilion to have a flag from every branch of the service um, as well as the American flag and the POW flag, to surround it and bring it to a spot that was accessible that people can actually go see. Because it is, you know, one of our board members um, adequately, you know, described it as a piece of art. You know, yeah. it's nice to look at when you're zooming past 60 miles an hour up on a hill, but until you can get the, and actually see face-to-face, look eye-to-eye and see the expression, I mean, this, the... Uh, the sculptor did an amazing job with these. I mean, so far detail, you can see the teeth of the open mouth of the, sta- of the statue. So it's it's really a very impressive thing that, but unfortunately, in, a, a far cry, not a near enough of Henry County presidents have seen up close. In the right. uh, in the current location, you just you don't know to even look. You've driven by it your entire life, Chase, right? And yeah, you, ne- I, you never, never see it. Noticed it. Yeah. And for those who don't know, he's not waving at you. He's, yeah, he's, he's about to blow you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing it. He has a rifle in one hand and he's throwing a grenade. And that was the whole reason that um, they sculpted that statue. They made it in such a uh, 
a brutal manner. I mean, that, yeah. especially yeah. for that time well, period, ex- you know, we didn't have video games, television, and stuff like that to to where we watched war movies. And there was no war scenes on television at that time, you know. So this is like a real a culture shock for the people who weren't talking to the veterans firsthand, right? Yeah. And that's, that's how they were educated about this was a piece of art. So it, it kind of seems strange to me to have this piece of art that was supposed to be seen by people and uh, supposed to educate people, have it out in the middle of the woods where nobody can see it or observe it. Yeah, and, I, and and a lot of people agreed. We went through this process. There were, give or take, 130 people involved in this HOPE initiative process. Uh, Steve Peckinpah has overseen the this committee, the Monuments Committee, that made the recommendation to move it, and he's done a phenomenal job. So um, it did not come to light or did not come to a real impasse with some people until Wish TV came down when they removed the monument to be refurbished. And at that time, that seemed to get some people's attention. So but and and a lot of folks have asked about the financing of it. The park did commit eight thousand dollars from the food and be- from the excuse me the golf the course golf course proceeds golf course proceeds so we committed basically at eight thousand dollars towards of half a million yes out of at towards a project that's going to be roughly forty five thousand dollars to complete right the just the renovation itself of the statue was going to be over ten thousand dollars and how did we finance that Chad? the rest the eight thousand or the the other money? The balance Just is a, being raised by veteran it's, organizations. It's being raised by Steve Peckinpah is heading up that, and he's getting – he's selling the uh, flags, which if anyone's interested, reach out. But he still has some available to families to put in to, uh, you know, to you know for their loved one, their family member, current existing family members that are in the military or connected and want to sponsor those. Absolutely. We've had veterans associations, VAWs, things like that have donated, I think, Few weeks ago, the Middletown News had some on the front page of the paper. You've uh, it, you've met a heavy resistance since it, it's been announced. We since have. it was on the news, I guess we have. And it, it, it's most folks when I talk to them, their response is, "Well, that's where it's always been." Right. And see, the thing the thing that I think that I've picked up on, I've you know, if you've listened to the show, you know, I frequent uh, Facebook groups like Citizens of Henry County, yeah. right? And that's. Which, that, that That's my public interaction, you know, right there, you know. <laughs> you haven't told me about that, right? <laughs> you know, I actually started that years ago. Did you really? Yes, yeah, Chad was, started man, it, and I, I was I was a mo- – that's where was, we became friends. He was my original mod- <clears throat> moderator, my first moderator that I added admin to. Oh, the, my. The, yeah. Jeremiah and I started that mess. Yep. Until uh, <laughs> I got out when, when Rex Bell was running for governor. I said, I cannot do this anymore. And I, I got go. out when I ran. I, I love that group. I mean, I seriously do. I, I love that group. It gets a lot – it's of opinions for stuff that we do on the show and like and talking about the the doughboy i think that i've ran across a a little bit of a pattern in the people that are for um moving the doughboy and the people who are against moving the doughboy and i i, I pointed this out um talking to some people that don't uh that aren't in agreement with the current plan um but i think that it's it's more of a generational gap okay I think that a lot of the a lot of the people that uh, it would be easy for me to sit back here and say these are old people and they don't like change, right? It, it's super easy to d- just make that assumption and not think about it anymore. Yeah. But whenever you sit back and look at it, these people they know they know firsthand people who might have served in World War One or they've read the journals of someone. They've seen their 
grandfather's war medals from World War One. He was a doughboy. You know, like mm-hmm. there there's a personal connection there to where people like uh, me and Chase. Whenever we're sitting back here and we're talking about the Doughboy, you barely know World War Two veterans. Yeah, the only yeah. the only time that we've sit, read anything about World War One is we know that um, somebody shot an Archduke and they fought in uh, trenches. You know, like that. It's yeah. it's a it's a distant thing to where it's not even on my radar, right? Like I've read books about it. They don't even make movies about it anymore. Yeah, I think my great grandma was like four when it, the the war was going on, World War Two. So it's yeah. I don't know. See, it's it's a it's such a it's such yeah. a generational gap, and I think that these people are a lot more sentimental about it because they know people that this um, that this statue memorializes. But people like Chase and myself and you guys view this as a piece of art that should yeah. be viewed and appreciated by the public, right? Well, I think that's the goal of the park board at the time was to try to bring it to a focal point where people could enjoy it and actually see it, and and you know because it's. You know, we live in a county that is one of the most aged counties in the state, that also we have one of the highest per capita of disabled citizens. And right now there's a big chunk of our citizenry that just couldn't get to it. Right. I mean, it's not it's not easy to hike up there to, to find the place to start with. And, and then there are so few folks that have just never known it existed, like, like yourself, myself, yeah. you know, that have just didn't even know anything about it. And... If it was sitting right in front of the Smith Building and 100, where people drive within feet of it, often. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if you look at, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have a a, a park board meeting on Monday, correct? We do, and, and you're going to be discussing and getting public input about this issue. Yeah, correct? the decision was made back in August to to do this, but that you know it wasn't you know it's something we're willing to relook because i right. think it's important to listen to people and listen to people's thoughts and and you know there may be some you know it's it's great to get more people involved and and they may come out with a phenomenal idea um but i think the real goal we're trying to achieve is just make the doughboy accessible right. to everybody well, i would i would totally agree with that and are you guys going to have an, any kind of imagery up of what it's supposed to look like whenever it's finished? There is an image that's, uh, that is, was published with flagpoles. It was a quick one thrown together that unfortunately does show it right in the middle of a parking lot, which is is kind of a statement I've taken a little bit of uh, offense to because it's, yeah. it's, it is going to be yeah. in the middle of a flag pavilion. It's going to look no very similar to what you would see like when the one you saw down in Owen County's Courthouse Square. Like the you know Civil War soldier on our courthouse square, it's going to be something very similar to that kind of thing. It's not like you're going to pull up and park right next to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not. It's it is a current parking lot yeah, area. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot too. It, it's, it's it's not going in. They're a just putting lot. it in the middle of a parking lot. It's yeah. going into a. Rebuild. I saw that image and I compared it to some of the others that I, yeah. I saw online, and it looks really nice. Yeah, so yes. there is there is an image that is being put together now that gives a better depiction of exactly what mm-hmm. they'll see with the flags and awesome. the the you know some some stones. Are you are green. you prepared for a barrage of people that are going to be wearing bracelets that say "Say our doughboy, say our doughboy"? <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. I think that's a very very misleading statement because I agree. I'd wear one of those bracelets because we are saving the doughboy. Well, We're already that's, doing that's, that. That's a very if important. We, if we point, didn't do Chad. anything with it, it would uh, it would if. If this process hadn't started, yeah. w- coming out of the hope process, that Doughboy would continue to sit on the same spot and be in decay and wouldn't be in Michigan right now getting rehabbed. Yeah, it, right. it had it, it probably had a decade or two, maybe tops, before it would have just disintegrated to the point of no return. Um, and and so that's that's where we were at. I mean, like I said, there was there's only roughly 
12, 15% of these things left wow. after, after 80 plus years. And so to, if people want to come and participate and voice their opinion in, in favor of moving it towards the Smith building or re- reinstalling it at the previous location, they come to the park board meeting yep. on Monday at seven o'clock at the Smith yep. building. We're going to have a park board meeting. We're going to hold the meeting at the end of our regular meeting. We're going to try to have a pretty short regular meeting because we're expecting some comment. Um, we're going to do it very similar to the meetings that the commissioners have held where everybody else, everybody wants to speak, signs in. They get a few minutes to make their point, And then once everybody goes through their points, then the park board will be open to make their comments or make any motions that any of the members of the board might be interested in making. But like I say, right now the decision has already been voted on, but we could re- we could amend that vote. Okay. And this is this is one of those things. I know I personally am in favor of moving the Doughboy, okay? But I, I also believe that everybody needs to have their voice heard. So I'm I mean I I would call out to the to the people that we have listened to this, the the five hundred people that are gonna hear us just tonight, that if if you live within the county, you know, and you have a strong opinion about this, or maybe it just doesn't bother you, but if if you have an opinion about this, then you need to say something. You can't just get on Facebook and then complain about it later after the thing that you didn't like got done, right? Yeah. You have Absolutely. To- I've encouraged everybody to come. We want to hear from everyone. Everyone's opinion matters. I mean, it's uh, unfortunately you can't make everybody happy at the end of the day because this right. is something that's full of passion. We, if you if you saw Travis's article in the paper, um, you know we had a couple get pretty. Uh, aggressive yeah. last time. I mean, there's a, there's <laughs> I a lot I was of strong have to separate opinions, right? a couple guys in a meeting. <laughs> First park board meeting I've had to do that. <laughs> I, I ran so, things with a tighter, t- I guess, a tighter ship I'm than you did, you, Maybe you were just more intimidating or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But. No, so there's, there's a lot of strong feelings. Um, and, and, but we also live in a world of facts and that's, that's what we have. People, you know, we people are passionate about this thing, but we also have to understand there's reasoning behind the decisions that were made, and we have to try to accommodate those reasoning to to make it accessible. And and hopefully somebody's got a great idea out there that works that's differently than what we're considering now. And, Absolutely. All right. Know. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, hearing what comes out of that meeting on Monday. I'm going to be out of, I, I'm going to be out of town. But uh, but uh, I think Dakota's going to go I, and cover gonna, on I'm behalf of Boss Liberty. I'm going to try to make it. I'll bring right. my uh, – I'll make sure your name's on the list. My staple leather-bound <laughs> notebook that I take He can have my three minutes meeting. also. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I get six minutes. There, there we go. There you go. The guy's deferring his three minutes. Right, I Chase? yield my time to the gentleman from north of <laughs> Q Avenue. I might show up. <laughs> Chase, will you go with me? I'll go with you. We'll go okay. to B-dubs afterwards and grab a beer. Okay. That almost right. sounds like bribery. You can have. You can also have my three minutes. Oh, wow. nine. All right. Nine minutes. There you go. Maybe the maybe the president will throw me one minute so I can have an even <laughs> ten. Uh, I, we probably let a stretch. The, li- <laughs> the libertarian minute. <laughs> so, if you're new new to listening to the show, this is the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast. I'm uh, one of the co-hosts, Jeremiah Morrill, and on my left is Dakota Davis. Uh, we're joined by Chase Payton, who is uh, a twenty-something millennial from Henry County all his life, and and then uh, we're joined by the uh, the guy that's over forty in the room, Chad Malico, the park board. <laughs> I'm the president. old man here. I got a bunch of kids. I'm here with. Are you? <laughs> Are you over 40? I am. I'm 41. Oh, I yeah. thought you were just 40. No, I hit 41. Last but you still have less gray hairs than Jeremiah. That's Thanks true. for that. You know, good genes, man. Good genes. <laughs> Thanks for that. It's it's just and more hair. I think it's, it's oh a little gosh. less. I've known the Malicoats my whole life. I used to show horses against his baby brother. and yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Well, It's just, it's like, it's just like Jeremiah brought up. 34. You know, 30, 
35 he next year. Justin turned 35 yeah. yesterday. And he's much My older brother, than I am. Two year, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Ooh, man. It's going to start getting heated. Am I going to have to separate you two? Dakota's <laughs> about to turn 22. He's getting pretty oh, old. Yeah. I know. Look at that. He yeah, got married. He's 22 again. He's an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> so w- on this show, we, we, we focus on local issues, and we also spend some time talking about national stuff. So we'll, we'll let the park board thing rest for now. Okay. May come back to it in final thoughts. I don't know. If somebody else comes in with a zinger here on the on the on the comments as as we do the live stream. Um, but we uh, we also wanted to talk about the Alabama Senate seat because the uh, the U.S. Senate is something we watch. And Donald Trump caused this mess when he appointed that guy from Alabama to be our our our, our, uh, our attorney general. Or, and uh, now now it's come back to bite him. He thought he was going to run the guy out before they even had a special election to fill his seat. But Jeff Sessions is still serving. Prohibition Jeff, and uh, now they're they're going to have their third senator in a year down there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It, it was it was it was just one that was all over the place. I mean, who knew how to call that kind of a, a race? And lots going on. But yeah, there's there's been so much going on with this with this Alabama Senate race. As far as uh, like Doug Jones, Roy Moore, um, you have the uh, sexual assault allegations come out against Roy Moore, and then it's uh, child molestation, calling him a pedophile, um, and it, you have it seeming you have what seems to be proof of the writing in the yearbook, and then all of a sudden the groundbreaking article comes out that she admits to forging some of the things in the yearbook. So you're just <laughs> like if you're watching this on a timeline as it all goes along, you're like, holy cow, like what is going to happen in Alabama? Because as it stands right now. Alabama is the third most conservative state in the United States. Yeah, very red state down there. Like all, it's it's not even like here where we have the Democrats in the city, but then out in the county we have the Republicans. It's just straight up red. The last time they elected a Democrat as a senator, it was uh, a guy that's serving now as a Republican. He was elected yeah, in 1992. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. was actually uh, that was actually a man called Richard Shelby. He was elected in 1992 as a Democrat, and then. Uh, in the 90s, there was the Republican Revolution, you know, like revolutionizing the Republican Party. And uh, that's whenever he decided to go to Republican in 1994. So, like, he was a Democrat for two years. Yeah. And then the uh, the Republicans took over control of the House and the Senate. And he said, I like the majority more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So that's uh, the power of incumbency. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I'm a Republican, sure. Like, this whole Alabama race has been just a wild ride. And I'm... You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Roy Moore was guilty and that he's a pedophile and a child molester. I'm not going to sit here and say that because we don't know. Right? He probably was, though. I mean, we can probably. It's. it's I'm not going to say that. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so hard to, lo- to you know, look it's, at this. It's it is. I mean, that's how do you prove a negative? I mean, because I'm. I mean, I would. I would certainly like to to be have my mind made up for me that he definitely was a child molester. And I, I lean towards more the women who... If he wasn't a molester, he was claims. certainly a child dater. Yeah. <laughs> that was... Um, he tried. That was the first woman that came forward, actually, with, uh, with the allegations, said that whenever she was 16 and he was, what, 28? Yeah. They were dating. And uh, that's whenever it all got crazy and you had people in the media that were like, well, back back then, you know, any parent should have been honored that their 16-year-old daughter was dating a, a lawyer. And, like, and I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> or like, m- Chad, tell us about the 70s. We missed it. <laughs> the, the thing hey, that was most... I only saw four of them. <laughs> four years of that stuff. The thing that was most shocking to me about this entire race was the, was the response from establishment Republicans. Like, it was mind 
numbingly stupid the remarks that you got, right? It was so much defense of, and it wasn't even like, well, these result, these allegations are just BS. It's it was making excuses as to well, well but maybe there was he a lot it, that but, came out on both sides of that. There were a lot oh, of yeah. them that came out and wanted to vilify him right away. But you know, it's forty years ago. There was it, the timing. It's one of those timing things. Is it that I don't know? I wasn't there. I can't tell you. I think that it's, but you know, anybody can say anything. Yeah. So, so whenever, you know, and that's, whenever that's the we hard part. decided that we wanted to do this on the show, that's what I. All this talking that we're doing right now was what my original thought was. Right. That's what I thought we were going to talk about for the the remaining thirty minutes that we have. Right. And. Then I started looking into like the the demographics of this vote, and if you, like on your show notes, this week actually has uh, two pages. Yeah, this because is you it, have expanded beyond our wildest dreams, Dakota. Yeah, it, it was, was impressive. I had to, was I had to do the show notes myself for Tuesday's show because you went crazy, and I, <laughs> yeah, it was. So I, I will say, as you as you guys are kind of reviewing this, the uh, this is my plea for ballot access, and for God's sake, please make it easier to get people on the ballot um, in the state of Alabama. If you are uh, wanting to get on the ballot, you have to have, and you're not the Republican or the Democratic candidate, uh, your party has to have had 20% uh, in a statewide race in the last cycle, which essentially sets you up, unless you have a miraculous run, you have to have, you're going to have two people on the ballot, and that's it. If we, as uh, as the Libertarians, the Libertarian Party got on the ballot with Gary Johnson the last time, they had time to actually do it. This was a special election, so you really didn't have time to get on a ballot, uh, but you have to have signatures from three percent of the voters that turned out so if you had um you know a hundred thousand a hundred thousand people that voted then you would have to have three thousand signatures in this case you would have needed to come up with about twenty five thousand signatures to get that to make that happen um is that right you had yeah, yeah you, no you would have, no, you would no, have to about sixty thousand yeah you would have to have about sixty thousand yeah. voters because they had one 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 point five percent was forty four thousand so you would have had at least twenty five thousand times two it would be 50,000 plus. And that's, you know how vote uh, signature collection goes in Indiana. Just ask Senator, <laughs> yeah. Senator Young. You really ought to have more than the bare minimum because certain areas you might be in trouble unless you find a friendly, uh, friendly judge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no problem. 497 works in, uh, in Lake County. Unless you're Jim Wallace and then you get thrown off the ballot when you want to run against Mike Pence. <laughs> so I wish Andy Horning very good luck as he's running for the U.S. Senate seat uh, as a Republican team elephant. Anyway, the uh, this is my plea. You know, we got to make ballot access easier everywhere. You need to get rid of straight ticket voting so that these races are not this Coke and Pepsi, blue you know, pill, red pill. It, it's so interesting in some different in some different localities. Even here, there are races where you like in some state or some cities, the mayor race can't be partisan, so you can't run for mayor. And I I believe is it Arizona. Uh, yeah, city of uh, Phoenix, Phoenix right now. Arizona. It's yeah. nonpartisan for mayor. It's nonpartisan, so no parties are on the ballot for mayor. It's a, it's an individual name. I I like that for local races. I really do. School um, boards here are nonpartisan. Yeah, school yeah. boards are nonpartisan. They've they've kind of, I mean, they, they did obviously. I'm sure you've talked about this in the past, changing the council vote. Council doesn't have straight ticket voting anymore, but it's still it's still anymore, partisan. So it is yes, they still have their party there. But, um, you know, the council no longer, if you straight take a vote, you don't vote for a councilman. Right. Yeah. Especially, you yeah. have to individually pick your one, two or three candidates. Yes. That was so the, uh, I think that is a start year. to a potential eventual not, you know, non straight ticket type voting. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk at the state house about that in Indiana. Um, I myself, I I would I would be all for it. I mean, yeah. I think I, that's saying a lot coming from a the a, a Republican head of a sixty percent Republican <laughs> county that you're willing to I, give that up because that is politically it's probably not the best thing, but it is what's best for the county. I think it is, and and that's what the thing is. I think you you know yes, I'm a Republican. I'm I'm absolutely a strong conservative. I call myself a constitutional conservative Republican. You introduced uh, Ted Cruz for God's sake. I did. I watched it happen. <laughs> yes, the split screen with Megyn Kelly. I still hold the, that as one of my. <laughs> Highlights of my life. The basketball <laughs> ring. This basketball ring. I was there was for it all. Chad, Chad started yes. the whole thing. Yes. And, and the girl <laughs> who made the really the really strong face when he said that, and they posted it all over. That was a friend of mine who I invited to stand <laughs> on stage. So I'll never be asked to come back and do anything for him again. You <laughs> ended Ted Cruz's career. Congratulations, Mr. Malico. <laughs> but no, I, I think in that case i i'm all for straight straight tickets need to go away i mean i think i think and it's more just because people need to get involved they need yeah. to understand who they're voting for my grandpa was a straight ticket union democrat his whole life till he voted for an 18 year old to run for sheriff because she put her name on the ballot i said did you really vote for her well i voted straight ticket democrat he said did i really vote for her and that was the last time he voted straight ticket yeah it- i mean it's just it's I, everyone needs to understand and get involved. So that's my reasoning for getting rid of straight tickets. Well, and you you really do need to educate yourself as you vote, as you as you cast a ballot, or you don't cast a ballot because you don't have to vote in every race. You really should vote for the people that you want to serve you. And yeah, if, absolutely. And you should if you should send a message if you don't agree with the candidates in the race, like this place, this case in Alabama, you should undervote it. Nobody has first claim to your vote, and there, you know, we see that twenty-two percent or twenty-two thousand seven hundred people uh, voted uh, with a write-in. Whether they voted for a Republican write-in, they voted for the Libertarian, or they voted for Nick Saban, uh, the the head football coach at Alabama, which one of the PACs <laughs> tried to get people to do. Um, those people actually sent a message, and by the way, that was more than the margin of difference. So yes. Roy Moore and the Republicans didn't earn those twenty-two thousand votes, and that's why Doug Jones is going to be serving the U.S. Senate this year. Yeah. That's the reality of it. But you have to applaud those people. I mean, yeah, I really do. And that's a, that's what we've talked about on the show before. Like, if you think that you're wasting your vote whenever you vote third party just because someone didn't win, you're wrong. Because they got – I mean, Donald Trump made a tweet congratulating Doug Jones for his Senate win. And he mentioned it's probably due to the large amount of people who voted third party. Like, he, you know, it got the president's attention. Like, you're not – you're making waves. You're not wasting your vote. If anything, you're wasting your vote more by voting for someone that you might not agree with, right? It Also in your numbers here, it's you, the exit polls show – or I guess it wasn't the exit polls. It's just reality. 33% of people showed up. Yeah, it was – So it's, this a, was, it's a special election. That's what was crazy. And that's only registered voters, right? Yeah. That's not just the state. If 33% of registered voters – in Alabama, actually voted in this election. And you look at the numbers, like Doug Jones, he had 49.9% of the vote, which was 670,551 people. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Roy Moore had 649,240 people. And then you had the 22,777 that voted for the other candidate. Basically, the so population of Newcastle is all that shifted that race. Yeah. If, if, you know, basically, yeah. the, you picture that. That's the amount of people it would take is the city of Newcastle, Indiana, roughly. But I wanted to bring up, it's like the size of Indianapolis that voted. Yeah. Yeah. In the entire state. In the entire state. And Birmingham's a huge city. It absolutely. So that's, that's what blows my mind more than anything. The amount of, the 
little amount of people that actually voted in this in this uh, Senate race, especially with all the national uh, media attention that it garnered. I thought for sure it would have been a lot more than that. So I, we have been saying that uh, that Doug Jones is going to be uh, going to be seated. However, Roy Moore hasn't quit yet. He has not. He rode yes. out of the polls <laughs> on his horse. And uh, he's finally made it to town and got a newspaper, and it says that he's about one and a half percent out, so that or just one point seven off, it, somewhere at one point seven, one point eight. But they're waiting on military ballots to come back, so he's hoping that the military, which probably will vote, tend to give him an advantage, is going to close the gap down to uh, down to one point. I guess one point five. He can pay for a recount. Is that right, Dakota? Yes. 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 He can yeah. pay for a recount at one point five, and then at one at point five, at half of a percent, 5, yeah. it's an automatic recount at the uh, that the taxpayers will pay for. Correct. So yeah, I guess uh, their secretary of state probably can't certify yet. But where it is now, like he basically said that he's not going to agree with the with these results, right? So um, what happens at that point is that the Moore campaign um, actually has to pay for this recount. Out of pocket. Yeah. So he's he's got to pay for all of it, and he will not be reimbursed unless he wins the unless the recount shows that he wins, which is just crazy for me because that's actually like a really big margin that he lost by if you're considering it. Uh, the one point four percent. Like, I mean, you're pretty sure at that point you're talking fifty some thousand people. You know, we, you don't just miss that. We had a town council candidate as a libertarian <laughs> that uh, that had that we. We had a candidate that lost by like seven or eight votes in southern Indiana last year. And we reached into our pockets as a state party and came up with about three or $4,000 to pay for her recount for yeah. one town for a seven-vote deal that we probably knew wasn't going to turn out in our favor. Um, but it was just to support our candidate. If, if they're truly going to sit there and pay for a recount across the entire state oh, when they're down by 20,000 votes, that is – that's fool's gold. It, it, the guy, he, they need, just need to move on. He, yeah, the, seat's, the seat's up again in two years, right? I think Sessions, Sessions was at the, the end of his turn nearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And, and now the next focus should really be, uh, I guess they're going to have a special, special election in Minnesota if Al Franken ever quits. Uh, <laughs> when he does, I don't know. Is he going to quit the day before he turns up? <laughs> could be. He says, he says he's going out. So they, the, uh, the governor has appointed uh, his lieutenant, lieutenant governor. governor yeah. uh, whenever he quits, that she will fill him. Just like uh, is it Luther Strange has been serving since Sessions left in Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's like the year of three popes, the year of three senators for that state. <laughs> um, so Strange is there. He lost the primary, a very close primary. He lost to um, Mel, Mel Brooks, not Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks would have probably won if he had run for for, for senator from Alabama. Mel, Grips, Mel Brooks would have won. Uh, but uh, Mo Brooks and Luther Strange split, and that's what allowed Moore to win. Yeah. Um, so y- I guess you're going to have the same kind of thing happen. You have a special election in Minnesota. Yep. Minnesota has had a guy named Tim Pawlenty was elected governor as a Republican. We'll up see there, if there so are any done child molesters in that race. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover it on the Boss Hog of Liberty if there are. I mean. um, well, but Michelle Bachman is another big Minnesota Republican name that, yep. that we've seen. So um, I think they have some people that could raise money. And once again, when you only have one seat open, you know, one one race at a time. You know, the Republicans won in they won Ted Kennedy's seat with Scott Brown six years ago or seven years ago. Uh, so it's entirely possible that this fifty-one forty-nine thing could go back to fifty-two forty-eight again. Exactly, and we're getting really tight there. So I'm sure that the uh, national folks, that you know, you'll have those donations fly in from all over the country. 
to uh, to support those races, and this one was no different. He had support from all over the country. The vice president has already had to do, I think, five tiebreakers. I saw that in the paper today. Yeah. Um, and he's probably on track to have to do more the most tiebreaking votes of any vice president in modern history. Um, he actually canceled his trip to Israel. He was supposed to get to Israel today or tomorrow, and he yeah. canceled it because yeah. he was expecting to have to break a tie on this uh, – Potentially, we'll have to break a tie on this tax bill. The tax bill, yeah. So, I'm guessing you're supporting that, Chad. I am. Yeah. I am supporting the tax I ch- bill. I checked it today for Audrey and I, and I think it'll end up saving us about fourteen hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Oh wow. The the uh, that's the Senate plan. But you, you the must House be, plan you must be in the you must be in the elite then. Because I heard <laughs> the only middle class. I heard the middle class. It was going to hurt everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so oh yeah. So you must. Well, we're you very must, elite. You I know, pre- very yeah. very white collar here. That's <laughs> <laughs> with one with one college student and a guy in the second year of his career. You've yeah. got to be yeah. really pulling so, bank. Yeah. You know that's <laughs> that's how it is. You know? I, I saw. And we're the, north of Q Avenue. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. He's, yeah. in, he's in West Belmont. We, should we start calling it that now? West, West Belmont. West Belmont. Hey, he's yeah, got his a, own studio room. He does. He I does. mean, this is an impressive room. The first first look at it, i, I got to say, is, I'm impressed. This is probably the number one podcast studio in all of Henry County. Yeah. And I would, honestly, I've been in WMDH's studios. I'll take ours. I was going to say, I, I, I might even stretch to East Central Indiana, man. I it's, think you've uh, got it going on a, here. Is that a new cake poster? It is. That, is. I <laughs> like that it. was actually a wedding gift from Jeremiah Morrow. Thanks for nice. pointing that out, Chase. I'll give you the $20 nice. later. Thank you. It goes with the uh, the Framed Wear Libertarian yeah, poster on the wall. If you look at the new uh, Boss Hog of Liberty stickers that we have, we haven't advertised those very much, but we've been giving them out to guests. Um, the I new logo mine. up on the uh, up on the headphones, it actually says East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. So yeah. We're also Indiana's number one tractor podcast. Yes. I've been <laughs> that is for the entire state. Yes, so. we, wow. we get a lot of uh, combine tweets. And, and Snapchats. Nice. But uh, now that the fields are done, people are putting the, putting the equipment away for the year. I'm, uh, we're, we're in the lean times right now. We don't get nearly as many tractor tweets. I'm hoping snowplow season picks it up for us. Uh, I'm, I'm not wanting snow. You know, with this surgery coming up, I don't want to mess with snow. Oh, man, Ugh. if you're means, you're not shoveling your own driveway anyway. Yeah, I got the <laughs> snowblower. Not got this the, year. I got the 30-inch the snowblower, man. I got, oh, man. Yeah. I haven't had to touch it since I moved to the new now house. Now we know who the elite is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. he's he. I, I'm pretty sure the planning commission is going to hear his uh, application for a heated driveway soon. Yeah. He's going to exactly. need a variance for that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in the new 400-amp service right on. Are you on the REMC or the other, the other service? I yeah. am. I'm an REMC. Shannon right. would probably love that. Yeah. Yeah. They would probably love it. Supporting the locals. Her. Yeah. So I want to get I want to get into these demographics real quick. All right, you do. I, I want to I want to start reading these numbers off for people who who care about this because I, for me, it's really interesting. All right, now if uh, you're if you're driving, I want you to focus right now and not veer off the road as you're getting the numbers. Just yep. just hang tight, <laughs> take a sip of coffee, and here we go. You're going to hear a lot of them. So these demographics I actually pulled off of the Washington Post, um, and they had it they had it in a nice graph format, but that I couldn't copy the picture and put it on the Word document, unfortunately. So we just got the numbers uh, written down. So for uh, this is based off of sex and uh, and ethnicity. So between white men, white men were thirty five percent of the voters that turned out for this uh, Alabama Senate election. Twenty six percent of those voted for Doug Jones and two percent voted for the third party candidate, while seventy two percent of white males, thirty five percent of the voters voted for Rory Moore. White women were thirty one percent of the voters. So right there, already you have um, the white demographic as as 
66% of the vote totals, right? Which is actually kind of low for a... Well, they still have a poll tax in Alabama, right? A poll tax? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that went away some time yeah, ago. I think it did. Okay. Those are Jim Crow laws. I yeah. Think. I don't know if you're old enough to remember those. Maybe. I, Maybe I Chad, Chad is. Yeah. <laughs> Around the 70s, back <laughs> when you were allowed guy. to eat teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so white women were 31% of the voters. Um, 34% of those voted for Doug Jones. 2% voted for the uh, the third party or another candidate. And then uh, 63% voted for Roy Moore. So uh, there, there's uh, 10% of a difference there just between the white men and the white women. I'm honestly surprised he still pulled 63% of women of any category. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm shocked that he did. And then uh, Welcome then, to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> and then black men. So the, of African-American men, that was 11% of the, of the voters. Um which is which is pretty high for the for a place like Alabama, especially, and ninety three percent of black males voted for uh, Doug Jones. One only one percent voted for a writing candidate or a third party, and six percent voted for Roy Moore. Which uh, we we've seen kind of a trend where African Americans will typically vote for Democrats because um, typically African Americans live in more urban areas. And uh, urban areas just they they typically lean to the left. Like they're more they're more blue on the map whenever you look at urban places. And then uh, here's where it gets pretty interesting because African American women, black women, were 17 percent of the vote, which is huge. Which is like in in places like Indianapolis, you have the African American women are typically six percent of the voters. So like seventeen percent is is a big deal. Like you, whenever you look at these, whenever you like you think about the numbers and you think, oh, okay, well, what what does that mean? It it takes some it takes some thought. You really have to start thinking about it because that that's a big deal. It's showing it's showing that people are starting to pay attention, right? So people are aren't maybe they're just watching the news more. Maybe they're just looking at their Facebook posts, things that their friends share on Facebook, but. Whatever it is, like people are turning out to the turning out to the polls more, right? So, seventeen percent of women were black, or, of voters were black women, and eleven percent were black men. So right. there's a six percent spread. Yeah. Do you think it's because of incriminate of of people that are incarcerated? I uh, honestly, like that's where I would go first. Is that the policies that they've had in Alabama? It could have, be, yeah, because have, of the, have caused people to not be there. Absolutely, and like uh, one of the things is, and like. Is it, it, you it had would, a four percent spread where there were four percent more white men that were voters versus yeah, white it, women. Mm-hmm. It's at the point where we're we're a bunch of white guys sitting around a table talking about this, right? And we're we're sitting here and we're we're talking about black women and black men voters, but and we brought up the incarceration rates, okay? And it's easy for us to say, well, you know, just look at the the statistics: black men commit more crimes, right? And statistically speaking, that is absolutely correct. But well, we, we pass more laws that create crimes. Exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing that has to happen. Each law that you each law that you pass creates a criminal. Every time that you every time that you pass an ordinance on a city council, you're creating a criminal. And a lot of the times it's it is geared towards people in urban communities, right? So what we just discovered on the last point was that typically African-American people live in urban communities. So whenever you're passing these laws, you are making more criminals. 
but a lot of times you're making more criminals out of black men and black women. And that's what people talk about when they talk about systematic oppression. You know, we're not we're not talking about um, we're not talking about segregated uh, drinking fountains or sitting at the back of the bus anymore. We're talking about passing laws that aren't that they don't seem unjust, right? They seem like we're actually caring about the people. But whenever you're throwing people in prison for a plant, you know you you've created a problem. And all of a sudden, you can't legally vote anymore. You can't exercise that freedom anymore because you had a plant on your person that makes you tired and hungry. That's that's a horrible issue, and I think that you're right, Jeremiah. I think that, that is why typically we see a low turnout of African-American male voters and because they can't vote anymore. We've taken that freedom away from them. And I think that if... I think that if we had more elections like this, we didn't, and we would see higher turnouts, see elections that were so highly covered by the media, where people were under such scrutiny. Um, we were talking about it more. The entire nation was talking about this Senate election, and it was just because one guy was being called a child molester. But if we can get to the point as a nation where we're talking about these, where we're talking about these elections. Not because one guy is a child molester, but because we actually care about the issues, right? I'd be fine if we just quit letting people vote for senators. We get rid of the constitutional <laughs> law, that, or the, the, the amendment to the Constitution that allows for direct election to senators and let the state legislature do it. Honestly. I, we, I, I would not disagree with that. I, that's the way it was intended when we first had it. The senators yep. there were there to represent the states, not the people. People were represented by the Congress. It would be a, the, the yeah, slower the cooling yeah. pot that it's yes. supposed to be versus this totally politicized. You of course, know. in Indiana, you wouldn't have a Joe Donnelly. Well, I'm willing to make that majority. sacrifice. <laughs> um, and and many states right now, how many do we have that are uh, Republican controlled states with the governorship? So I mean, it's I, look. I know that it would make it, some changes, it would but make I also some think changes, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. I, that's why I won't disagree. <laughs> no, it definitely helps no, my party. But, but uh, I'm, not, I'm ignoring party in this, Chad. Uh, honestly, the the purpose of the Senate is to be the cooling place. I get you, and to have some decorum and to have things process have process work. And I I've talked about this with with Bill Smythe last week when he was here with the uh, with the McKenzie campaign. Regular order is completely dead in Congress. It is. And, you know, Indiana, at least we pretend, and I know Brad Kloppenstein sat in your chair last week, Chad, and mm-hmm. said that the deals are cut at the Antelope Club versus at, Chase. you know, at, at Chase's. Chad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Chad here, Chase there. Hang, this is Hanging Chad, and that's other Chad. <laughs> um, I wanted to go as a Hanging Chad for Halloween. You should My have. wife would not let well, me. Next, I want to tie a noose year. around my neck just saying, Melissa, <laughs> you see. They don't know idea. what Hanging Chad means. They probably they're, don't. Yeah, they're so young. I thought it was a gr- I thought I it know pretty it, ingenious. I know what it means just because of how I met your mother. All right. <laughs> whenever, so, whenever the uh, – Oh, Ted, I don't remember yeah. that episode. Yeah, whenever Sorry. Ted went as a as a Hanging Chad for Halloween. Okay. Remember that? Yeah. I don't remember that, but okay. I'm going to have to rewatch it. There you there go. So anyway – the. In the Indiana General Assembly, we go through three readings on each side. We switch bills, and they, they go through conference committee, and you have testimony. This, whether you agree with it or not, and I know we're probably all going to get some money back in our pocket, regular order wasn't followed. There's nowhere close. You didn't have an amendment process. You didn't have testimony. You didn't spend the, you know, in the 80s when they did tax reform, they spent years working on it. Yeah. They did this in a week and a half, and then next week they're going to spend time. They're going to 
vote to, to raise the uh, debt ceiling and they're going to continuing resolution to, to run the government. Agree. It's the way legislature's done right now. Right. I mean, Obamacare was pushed through in a very similar facet. The I mean, same things p- people were pissed off about over this on the Democrat side. The Republicans are pissed off about on the on the uh, on the Obamacare issue. Exactly. And I really think that it's because we directly elect senators and we don't have. You know, it's just like having another House of Representatives with 100 people, but they sit there longer. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, exactly what it's like. The Absolutely. senators are there to represent the states, not the people. They that should was, be representing the states' interests. That was what interest. they did. That was why they were there, to represent the states' interests, because the federal government should only be involved in those things held within the Constitution. Yeah, but haven't you been watching the news? We're a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> What's this republic people keep talking yes, about? That, that, that. So, I, Honestly, I, so many of the things that are broken in politics, though, you know, the, you know, this campaign finance thing that happens, if we didn't, you know— it, if we didn't have a U.S. Senate race where we've got five or six people that are running in Indiana, that's going to cost tens of millions of dollars. If instead it was, you know, the the Indiana legislature was picking their guy every, you know, two guys every six years or two two senators every six years. Shouldn't say guys. Uh, by the way, we might actually get a, a woman because I know that there's been some very qualified ladies that have run on both sides in in Indiana as well. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of l- lieutenant governors and other statewide office holders that would be very good senators. You know, anyway, that's my I'm, I'll get off my soapbox on the Senate issue. No. But I, I think it's a I think that's one of the these are all symptoms. And I think that's a cause. I yeah, don't I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. But I just basically what I'm what I was trying to say is like looking at these demographics was super interesting to me because you you don't see the black woman turnout that you saw with this with this election. You don't see that anywhere else. And I thought it was absolutely phenomenal like they didn't even have a 0.5 percent of write-in candidates to put down for black women voters they they all knew like doug jones we don't want roy moore and it, it you can you can make that claim like i have down here on this bullet point um the media portrayed more off to be racist right you know and he made it he made a lot of uh, a lot of questionable statements. Like we saw his campaign. He can't be a racist because his lawyer was a Jew. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> his wife said it in a speech. His, his the wife night before said. The election. His wife said he. We aren't racist against Jews. Our lawyer is a Jew. Like that, that's like that's like looking at your your black uh, person that's black on the street and they call you racist and you're like, no, my you know my I have I black have friends. A, I have a black friend. Like yeah, yeah that's, that's usually not what your <laughs> response should be. Like. I think that Chappelle show actually did a skit on that about like, oh, my second cousin's uh, boyfriend's brother is black, <laughs> so I'm not. I can't be racist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I hope I hope the Republican Party does a lot like Rand Paul tried to when he was running for president in 2016 and actually goes out and and tries to make make an effort in those communities because I think they're you know there's. I definitely agree with about 35% of what the Republicans say and I agree with about 35% what the, the uh, Democrats say. Um uh, there's and there are things that your platform has that would actually be very good for uh very good for all communities but if yeah. the messaging and getting there and actually making an attempt to reach out I think is what uh, what has to yeah, happen. Yeah, and I well, I think that's I one of the big things like that uh, Ben Shapiro and um Milo Yiannopoulos talk about is uh is you know it's it's like the it's like the old union democrats, right? They, people vote this way, and uh, the right is just as bad. People, the redneck South is just as bad about voting Republican as what African American voters are about voting Democrat. 
Nobody wants to vote differently. My daddy voted this way. I'm going to vote this way, right? Mm-hmm. So that's – people get stuck in this pattern and are afraid to deviate from it. But that's – you listen to uh, you listen to these college speakers like Ben Shapiro talk, and it's like, you know, why don't you try something different? Obviously, the guy that you've been voting for for the past 40 years as a family isn't working for you anymore. You know, try something different this time. Well, and I think that's where – a lot of uh, folks are trying to do that to get to these grassroots and get to some of the things that are happening. But it's uh, it's tough to beat the media, too, like you said on here. I mean, cause sometimes in these races, it's kind of like – tried creating your own media empire because it's well, worked for us? Is it, you know, that it could be an interesting idea. Maybe I maybe I need to – you know, I have an extra room in the there house you go. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it is. It's a, the media has taken everything and, and controls so much of – the rhetoric on TV, on broadcast, on print, what's still left uh, out there. And, you know, it's uh, – we have to – it's its hard to fight against some of those oh, yeah. things. You heard it all the time with this election, especially yeah. from the right. Well, the media won this election. The media won. The the media is why Roy Moore didn't win. Well, you heard it all the time, and it might and it might be true. That's why the media I is the most influential there. player in any election anymore. Yeah, I mean Trump's election so is a perfect stuff. example of but that. At the, Melissa the, Malakote says no, I don't think so. So it's been crushed already. Your dream of having a home studio, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> I apologize. We'll talk about that later. There you go. <laughs> He still I has have, hope in I his have life. a big office up in Delville. We've got 6,500 square feet, green screen upstairs. There we go. Yeah, we can make Man. it happen. You know, I was really pulling for Nick Saban. I thought he was going to do better. <laughs> so everything he's done for Alabama, I just Yeah, I but know. the Miami voters, so. Miami hates him. It's Be true. curious just to find out what number he get. We'll have to find that out. <laughs> we'll have to see what all the write-ins, uh, if they report them. In Indiana, if you're not an official write-in candidate, they won't report. They won't, uh, report. They won't report your number. Only if you were an official candidate. So we'll have to see. Time will tell. <laughs> man, I'm reading through these show notes, and I'm pretty sure that we've already covered all of them. We're, we're there, man. So it's uh, it's that time for final thoughts. Chad, uh, what do you want to plug? You, membership? Are you trying to recruit candidates? You uh, you want people to show up and, and support or speak their mind on Monday night? What? Uh, how do people follow you? All those good things. I want people to uh, show up on Monday, speak their mind about the, uh, the issues at the park, the Doughboy especially. Um, and I won't plug me or any candidate. Just get involved. Get involved, get educated, understand what's going on in your life because it it does make a big difference. Local is important. That's what I try to tell everybody. Get involved locally because it can drastically change your life with just four people. Uh, so, how do people follow you? Do you email, Facebook? Facebook? What's Facebook, the best way to follow email. you? Facebook, email. I think I still have my political Facebook thing up. So For, yeah. for a possible future you something. You never know, you know. I still have my account open. I still have to file my CFA. How much money we got in there? I think it's got like $180 in it. It's rocking oh, right now. rolling man. deep. Yeah, I tell you. That, uh, it's, it's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm open to donations, you know. There we go. All right. Well, thank you, <laughs> so, Chad, for being here Hey, very I much. appreciate the invite. It was exciting and uh, I had a lot of fun. I don't think we ruined your political career today. So I don't we'll, think we'll call so. This it might have made a little dent in it, but we can smooth that out. <laughs> That'll buff out. <laughs> Chase, man, the returning veteran. I know. What? Uh, you, how do people follow you? You got any any final thoughts on the conversation tonight or things we missed thoughts. out on? Um heard before we started that you voted turn, turn your mic in here oh, there we go i'm sorry can you hear me better now? i can yeah. okay i heard before we started that you either voted or you were a big part of wanting to move the statue the doughboy statue yeah so i was i was serving on the park board at the time and i was one of the votes i think it was a unanimous vote um to to go ahead and move forward with the pro, the uh the plan that was put forward by uh, mr peckinpah uh 
like I said before, there was no plan to refurbish the Doughboy or do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve came forward with a plan to take it down, refurbish it, and had the vision for uh, creating this this plaza outside of the Smith Building. Uh, so yeah, I fully fully supported that. Otherwise, and, it was just going to sit there I and decay. Add- May I add that in, in the entire months, the several months long process, there was zero opposition to the plant. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, the, the Save the Doughboy uh, wristbands, I want one. So if you guys are pissed at Jeremiah, I, I have his, ad, his address. <laughs> so if you want to go to Most his of, house and beat him up or, like, protest outside or something, I'll give it to you if you hit Most me up of the Facebook. county knows right. where I live. You don't have mine, right? I, I don't have yours. <laughs> You can find it. Just Google. <laughs> yeah, if I he, find his, I want a T-shirt for his. So. <laughs> well, very good. Chase, how do they follow you? Uh, just on Facebook. You know, Chase Payton. Um, Snapchat. It's Bro Montana ninety five. That's about it. I don't. I don't ever post anything. Is so the, just don't. Uh, don't follow me. <laughs> it, it really. Like. All right. Well, thanks for coming on again. We appreciate no, thanks it. for having me. So yeah. you're becoming a, a true broadcaster, and we're excited. Yeah, we put on here that uh, this is episode 34 with Memorial Park Board President Chad Malico and Boss Hog of Liberty regular Chase Payton. Ooh, regular. Yeah, you know, happy on any time. I mean, we're going to have to get you on the on the official uh, co-host page. You and Danny and some of the others that we have on all the time. We'll get uh, get the little bio and get the picture. And we're going to. This is my my promise to you, Chase. Oh. We're going to have you listed as as a co-host on there. You've earned it. Hey. And take oh, off you. the wow. yellow rookie stripe. <laughs> So Dakota, you're gonna have to get some T-shirts and stuff. That's it. We got. We need merch. <laughs> well, Dakota's got some stuff. We Let's need. See. We need real merch. My final thoughts. This is December fourteenth, two thousand seventeen. Um, it is eight forty-three p.m. Eastern time, and I would like to say that net neutrality has died. That is the breaking news story for today. We are broadcasting live on the internet, but you did have to put a quarter in before we could go live this time, I think. Yep. I think now, that's now, that the, now that Comcast can charge you extra. Yep. <laughs> um, if you want to hear our thoughts on that, then you can go back to the episode on net neutrality with Jesse Riddle. I think it was episode 31. Yep, and I'm, I just want to say that I'm interested to see how this goes. I want to see if, if we're going to start getting charged for Facebook, for, for Netflix... Um, like everybody says we were, or if it's just going to be fine. Like I, I'm The world not. was coming to an end when it went into place. We'll see what happens when it went on. I, I think we're going to go back to 25, 2015 internet, and we'll. Uh, I guess we'll just have to live with the, with, with the freedom that we had then. Yeah, but 2015 internet, man, that's like Mad Max, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear my dial-up it's, modem running again. It's a lawless wasteland. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd, uh, I did want to point that out because that was breaking breaking news across my uh my feed on my htc was telling me that the fcc did um vote to uh overturn all of the obama era regulations with net neutrality so wanted to throw that in here so that i can at least put the hashtag on whenever i put up the youtube video so a tokad savad on the uh on the yep, twitter it's, it's at a tokad savad which is dakota davis spelled backwards um <laughs> That is on the Twitter. I don't really post on Twitter very much, but I do post and share things and share and make dank memes on Facebook. And you can follow me there, which is just Dakota Davis, and it's a picture of Audrey and myself as my Facebook profile picture. So I uh, appreciate uh, you joining us again. 34 episodes in a row together. I think we're, we're starting <laughs> to get pretty good at this. Yeah. More forced friendship. Joining us again. I am us. <laughs> <laughs> I even let Dakota do the introduction on one of the previous shows, on the wow. Smythe episode, I think. 
let him. Um, <laughs> of course, I, we did this one, and he walks away as soon as we get started. So whatever. Yeah. The, uh, the final thoughts for me, real quick. Uh, it, breaking news: the uh, the Courier Times, our local paper here, published that the city of Newcastle is so, suing the opioid manufacturers uh, for our ap- epidemic. I know another a number of other communities have done that. Uh, I think they're suing the wrong group. I think they probably ought to sue the legislature that's uh, has been advancing policies of prohibition against alcohol and uh, and, and and marijuana and, and car- I think cannabis that, and CBD oil. If they deal with that people. issue, you might uh, you might have a little bit better results. Yeah. So I and I know that, that that's on the uh, the agenda, and we're expecting uh, expecting to have some changes. But so funny, uh, most people around here think that if you're in favor of cannabis, then you must be a dopehead. No. <laughs> nah. No. I get drug tested by the state for my CDL license. I am not going to take the risk of smoking any weed. I just think that a adult should be have the freedom to do as he pleases with his own body. All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll watch that story, keep an eye on it, but uh, look for uh, look for that in the paper tomorrow. Uh, you can follow me at Jeremiah Morrill on Twitter. As always, uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, look us up on uh, the YouTube. We need on the YouTube. I've got him old, Chad. On, on, the, <laughs> on, on the YouTube. It's on the line. Uh, like and subscribe on there. We need to get to that 100 subscribers. And, uh, of course, the way the show uh, gets into your feed is by uh, by liking and uh, and sharing the page. So when you get this video in your feed, like it, share it, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and you can rate us five stars on iTunes, too, if you like it. And if you don't, just leave it alone. We'll catch okay. you all next time. Oh, Chad's got something yeah, else. I'm just going to be anti-PC and say Merry Christmas. Uh-oh. I'm going to be gone next week, so I can do that. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry Hanukkah. Christmas. <laughs> yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. <laughs>